Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is a better solution for SMB shippers with Ryan Collier. Welcome, Ryan. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Please introduce yourself and your company and where you live. Sure. My name is Ryan Collier. I'm a principal product designer for a company out of Seattle called Convoy, and I live in Seattle. Everybody knows Convoy. <laughs> so so what'd you say your job is over there? Well, I'm a principal product designer. That doesn't sound like a usual freight job. What do you do over there? What does that actually entail? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely not a freight job title I think you hear very often. But really a, what I do is a, I'm a designer. It could, probably comes out of the software business, really. And as a designer, my job is really to go out really understand, you know, our customers and their problems and their context and use that to to come back and dream up solutions like some of the things that we get to work on at Convoy. Well, we'll talk about that in just a minute. This came up um, a few podcasts ago, probably 10 podcasts ago. One of my good friends I grew up with is a branding guy. And he said, you know, he loves to get into the customer's biggest problem. The challenge we have in logistics and transportation is we're always distant from our customers. <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot of people who I consider good friends who I've never actually met, shippers that I worked with. And they might be in California and I'm in Michigan. So unless you make that quarterly trip to meet them, you really don't see them very often. And the problem you get into is you get this superficial discussion. So when I say, what's your biggest problem? And they go, oh, well, I hate when things are late. I want a good price. (laughs) And that's it. How do I go back and say, oh, I'm going to develop a solution based on don't be late and get a good price? Yeah, that's been one of the most exciting things about coming over to Convoy. The company really wants us and, you know, wants the team. And of course, we think this is the right way to go build tech is to really get embedded with your customer and understand the problem, you know, really deeply. Like we go out and we spend days, multiple days on site with the customer. I mean, we learn their job. You know, we're sitting there with them. We're observing how they work. And we're just really trying to understand deeply what those challenges look like. Because, you know, you can say price is a problem or this is a problem. But to really understand how that shows up in their day-to-day is really crucial for someone to come up with a solution that really solves the problem. Right. So before we get too deep into all of that, let's talk about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you joined Convoy. Sure. So I, my family's originally from Southwest Virginia. And when I was young, my mom and dad moved us out of coal country out to Nevada. So I spent most of my childhood in, in Northern Nevada. Nice. Yeah, it was a great way to grow up. <laughs> God, I love, what did you say, West Virginia? Southwest Virginia. So coal country, not too far from West Virginia, but down in the, you know, beautiful way area down the too. tip of Virginia. <laughs> that's a beautiful area too. And Nevada is gorgeous. Well, that's nice. So where'd you go to school? So I went to school at the University of Nevada, Reno, studied English and music and nothing related to technology, but then later moved to Seattle and found myself you know, working in assistive technology, which is technology for people that have disabilities. And I worked at the university, help students use technology to accommodate some of their disabilities in classrooms and things like that. It was a really interesting set of problems to work on. One of the things that was always a struggle to me was, you know, observing students, you know, struggle with tech or struggle with using that assistive technology. I always thought, man, you know, there's got to be a better way. 
maybe I should just help build this technology. <laughs> and so I got that idea in my head. And, you know, in, in Seattle, had the opportunity to get into a master's program at the University of Washington called Human-Centered Design and Engineering. And so really learned how to do the research and apply that knowledge to building products and services. And so that's kind of brought me into the startup world. I've been about 12 years in various startups around Seattle. And three years ago, 2017, was offered to move over to Convoy and just couldn't say no. So let me ask you this. What attracted you? Obviously had some other interests, some interesting opportunities. What made you join Convoy? I've had the chance to work on a lot of technology, an app or something like that. What I hadn't had the real chance to do yet and what I was really excited about with Convoy was that it's a service that is technology-backed. And that means that I was so excited about the prospect of someone can press a button and all of a sudden, you know, an 80,000 pound truck will go rolling down the street. Just the idea that you would have a service supported by technology that made me really, really excited. And I think the other reason would just be after talking with some of the folks at Convoy, they were so focused on taking that human centered design approach to this industry which meant it would be a huge opportunity for me to travel the country, meet lots of different shippers, really get embedded in that process. So that was another really big thing that was exciting. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I did an interview with my friend Charm. He's over at Flexport, and I haven't even published that one, but it'll be published in any day here. And what's interesting is I've known him for a few years, and when we were talking about him being in the industry, he's a tech guy who joined Flexport, and he said, you know, Joe, not in a million years did I think I would find myself in transportation and logistics. <laughs> and when brought to a company that was using technology to, to transform a space, it was like, this is exactly what I was born for. And he's thriving, and he loves it. And he probably wouldn't have joined a lot of other companies, you know, in freight forwarding, but the world is changing. And what's also interesting to me is, you know, in the past, we used to say, well, yeah, those guys are techies and they really don't understand the business. But what's interesting about what I see happening in our business here is tech companies really worry about that customer experience and that spending time at the shippers is invaluable. And then designing a service or an experience around that, that is very cool. And we'll get more into that in a minute. Just to add to that a little bit, you know, the founders of Convoy, Dan Lewis and Grant Goodell, they you know, really did this on the trucker side, you know, early on in the business. And it's really made it possible for us to think about these problems in a really new and interesting way that, you know, they, they spent time at truck stops and with truckers and with trucking companies and really understanding some of those problems there. And so with Convoy, it was this unique opportunity came up and it's like, well, hey, can you help us go do the same thing with the shipper side of the business? How exciting was that for me? That was just a whole new opportunity to do exactly that. Awesome. Awesome. So today's topic, a better solution for SMB shippers. And when we say SMB, we mean small, medium-sized shippers. I keep stumbling over that. So, And so let's talk about that. What are some of the challenges that small and medium-sized shippers have? And let's talk first about the challenges they have, then we'll talk about a better solution for them. Yeah, sure. So there's a lot of challenges in this space, but I think one of the things after you know spending a lot of time with these transportation coordinators, transportation managers, dispatchers, things like that, is process, clunky process. And, and that shouldn't surprise so, probably won't, yeah, <laughs> Right. It, and it probably wouldn't surprise any of your listeners to know that so much freight process is done, emails and spreadsheets. I mean, right. That is the bread and butter of that, you know, sort of part of the business, the small business. 
Yeah, so they have either no process or a clunky process. I remember sitting with a shipper, this goes back years ago, and I'm sure this is a little outdated, but I asked him, where do you get your freight quotes? And he goes, um, it depends on who I'm working with. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I get text messages from these guys. He's showing me this text messages. And he says, and this guy sends me emails and this guy calls. And I was like, oh boy, wouldn't it be nice if you had a system? <laughs> I'm taking my sales hat off for a second. Wouldn't it just be nice to have a system? Yeah, I remember, I'll never forget the first time I got to do a customer visit at Convoy. I think it was like maybe my second or third week and we drove down to a construction uh, materials manufacturer just outside of Seattle. And we're sitting there and we're talking with the transportation, the two-person transportation team. I think they maybe had three or four people, but these are the two folks we were spending time with. And he was telling me about this and he literally pulled out, he's like, well, let me show you how I used to book trucks. And he literally pulled out a little black book. I mean, like, you know, with phone numbers, you know, it's like, these used to be my guys, you know? Did he have scars next to some names? <laughs> oh, I'm sure. And who knows what they meant, right? Look out. Um, but from that point, I was like, okay, there's a rich space here to go work in. And so many process problems, or like you said, lack thereof. Right. So the big, first big problem you see is lack of process. So what's the second problem you see? Well, I think it's kind of just to extend that sort of process problem is that for a lot of small businesses, people that are running the shipping operations often are like kind of coming up through the ranks of the company. You know, they're finding themselves in those positions to be the expert on transportation. Really, that's the amount of investment that the companies are making there. You know, they're not investing a huge amount in tech uh, in technology. Because they don't have huge volumes yet. It's the volumes and the fact that, you know, from a if you talk to like a business leader that's thinking about the finance of that part of the business or the cost of running transportation, they just look at it as a cost center. And so it's like, well, give me cheaper trucks and then maybe I'll get you some technology. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and that never really works out, right? No one can control the free. You're not going way. after some supply. You're not looking for, if, if you say, look, we're doing three shipments a week. I'm not looking for some supply chain graduate, you know, who, who has come from a big company and has maybe a big company perspective. It's this is not what you have in those smaller companies. Yeah. And that's not to, you know, those people that run transportations at these businesses are whip smart. I mean, they know and they have so much knowledge about the day-to-day stuff. Right. And as a technology guy coming in, like I, I look at these folks like they know everything about freight. I mean, they know <laughs> everything about their freight and I want to learn it from them. So bad. It's not a smarts thing. It's just you're wearing a lot of different hats. And again, if you're not, if you don't have enormous volume, it doesn't even make sense to say, "Well, we're going to really focus our energies on a problem that's not there yet." Right. And you know, the problem—it's not just the amount of volume; it's volatile. Like their volume is up and down. You know, they don't get into that classic motion that a larger company might, which would be like you know, contract pricing and sort of really strong relationships with big carriers and, and things like that. So. They get in this situation where, you know, their providers aren't really incentivized to be great partners necessarily. So they end up relying a lot on brokerages. They can't get the time of day from an asset carrier who might give them a little bit more consistency. They just get stuck in this kind of weird situation where their volume doesn't really command the relationship. Yeah, or the attention. I'm from automotive originally in my career. Automotive, it's always everything is such a big scale. And then (laughs) when I left and I was in some smaller companies that were transportation logistics companies, I started bumping up against this challenge that you don't have, if you don't sell millions of units of something that costs 40 grand a piece, 
you don't have a lot of money to throw around. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you, you've got to, you've got to sell a lot of stuff to, to start making those unit economics work. Right. right. And, um, so you just started to talk about one of the other challenges, I think, which is when you have this lower volume, you don't always get brokers looking for you, right? 3 right. PLs and brokers aren't calling you every day. Well, I would say, you know, they probably call you all the time. You know, I, I think one of the stories that, that I like to recount, someone showed me in their email one day, I, I don't recall exactly where we were, maybe in the Midwest, there's a couple of shippers out there that move food packaging and things like that we spent some time with. And they showed me their email box of like, you know, all the brokers that sent, yeah, I'll, can I get your loads? I'll, I'll, I'll take some loads for you. I'll take some loads for you. And so they have this massive amount of like inbound, let me take your loads. But the gentleman I was interviewing looked over and said, well, <laughs> these guys will take one load, but they'll never come back again. <laughs> and, and then when they do, there's a trust problem, I guess is kind of what right. That makes sense. Yeah. If, if that's the experience you're having, of course, you don't really get a chance to ever trust anybody completely. Right. And so they'll have these here, I'll, I'll do the truck for $500. You know, I'll do the load for $500. And then, okay, great. Come and get it. Oh, sorry. It turns out I sold my truck to someone else. Okay. Well, <laughs> what, what good was the email in the first place? <laughs> right. Right. So you talked about a few problems here. First off, I want to summarize the problems. Then I want to talk a little bit about the solution to this. So you talked about lack of process or a clunky process. And again, why would you develop a process if you don't have very much volume? probably haven't invested in tech. You haven't probably invested in anything because you don't have the high volume that, you know, would mandate some investment. They're wearing multiple hats. You know, when you're in the smaller business, you're head of the warehouse, you're also in charge of transportation and God knows what else, right? They don't have the volume, so they don't always get the right attention from brokers or the long-term relationships that you want, uh, which builds the skepticism, lack of trust, whatever you want to call it. What about price? Well, you know, pricing is a problem for everybody. You know, everyone will say, well, you know, I'm always looking for the best price. The challenge isn't really just the price, though. It's like the kind of combination of like, here's the price and here's the service I'm going to get for the price. And so really, if you stand back and you listen to those problems, like one of the things that, you know, stuck out to me was folks don't know how to make a good decision about who should take my freight. So they, they don't have insights. They don't have the data. They don't have the tools to really make those decisions with clarity. And so I think that's another important problem comes up there. One other thing I can almost guarantee you bump into is when you're a small shipper, I can say this, but putting my broker 3PL hat on, if the guy has your 3PL has one truck and he says, hey, I can either give it to Ryan who does a few shipments here and there, or I can give it to the customer that makes me most of my money. That's who gets it. And <laughs> so I call and say, yeah. hi, Ryan, sorry, the... Truck broke down. <laughs> yeah, there's a flat tire. They got a flat tire. I'll look for something else. <laughs> yeah, and then you proceed calling the the next set of folks on your list. Right. I'll try and find you a truck, but you're not my top priority. I get to give preference to my larger customers. Yeah, I mean, hands down, you know, this is what happens when you've got a lot of humans in that process, and people are having to make these trade off decisions along the way, and that just it creates this downstream effect on, on these shippers and. Boy, it just results in a place where like shippers, they'll tell you. I mean, I was <laughs> I was out at actually out your way, Joe, and outside of Detroit visiting a shipper. And, you know, they said, Well, the traffic manager, she said, you know, I don't I don't love brokers, but uh, we wouldn't be moving a whole lot of freight without them. And so that that really kind of epitomized that relationship to me. 
Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're right now still in the COVID crisis, and the crisis is no greater than in the capacity of trucking. I got to think there's a lot of small and medium sized shippers who aren't getting the trucks they need. Yeah. We, we like to say the freight is still on the dock for a lot of these folks. <laughs> well, we all see it. Fortunately, not too much, but when you go to the grocery store and you say, oh, where's my stuff, right? It's right. your point. It's on the dock somewhere not moved. Yeah. Anyway, let's transition and talk a little bit about more about a a better solution. So we've talked about these problems that small and medium-sized shippers have. What are some of the solutions? We can talk a little bit about Convoy in specifically, but we can also talk in general, what's a better solution for these kind of customers? Yeah. There's kind of two big buckets of things that we can talk about here. Um, I think first, what we call a digital freight network uh, is is one bucket, and I think the other bucket is is sort of the the tooling and the technology and the process around it. So, on the digital freight network, this is the idea that we have you know a, a massive network of carriers out there, and it creates a completely automated process for how the brokering the traditional brokering process is done. And so, this is the kind of thing where. You, you know, the, all the way down to the carrier, they've got an app, you know, in their hand or their dispatcher has an app or a, the website. And we can find the best truck at the right time for a shipper. And so that's like, you know, the automation of that process is, is kind of the, the, the number one thing there. So if I want to move freight, I'm a small customer or small shipper and I go to, I'm assuming convoy.com and I type in what I'm moving and where I'm moving it from and to you will give me a quote. Yeah, so on that side of it, yeah, a shipper can come to a website, punch in the information about the shipment, get a guaranteed price. But the, the, the important part, though, is in addition to the tooling, is really that when we get a shipment, the way that digital freight network works is that we can go out and get that truck without having to make some of those trade-off decisions about like, you know, we were talking about earlier, like, who, who should I give the truck to? Right. Like we're actually going to go and figure out like, where's the truck that's best positioned to do this load and let's go get them. And we don't have people in there making, well, you know, Brian's, Brian's business isn't so good. So I'm not going to send him, him a truck. I right. So, so basically my money's as good as Amazon or General Motors, what you're telling me. Well, right. And, and this is actually really important for a small business because they're used to being sort of in that disadvantaged position and all these shippers build their own little carrier network. Their black book is like their carrier network. You know, most of them have in a spreadsheet now and it's probably in their emails because that's you know how they do business, but they're used to building that network themselves. And so with a digital freight network, the idea is that well, we've got big shippers and small shippers and medium you know, we've got all kinds of freight running in our network. And what does that mean? It means that for a small business shipper, having all that freight there means that we're building the capacity to do it. And so it's basically creating some network effects. If you're giving an instant guaranteed quote, you must have network that's pretty <laughs> solid. Yeah. You don't have to say anything other than that. <laughs> yeah. So it's like by the time you're able to do that, you can kind of see that, okay, a small business is now able to access the same quality and type of network that a huge enterprise would develop on their own. That's the sweet spot for a small business to be able to get access to that and not have it be their problem. You know, we don't want to make finding a truck their problem. <laughs> they come and ask us for a price. We think we can give them a truck. It's like, here you go. 
we won't call you back and saying, well, you know, I'm not sure if I can get a truck. It turns out. Right. I, um, I got to tell you, uh, you will never in- experience this, I don't think, <laughs> because of where you work. But in the past, when somebody says, hey, Joe, I need a truck right now. Can you get me from here to there? And then the price comes up and I go, yeah, I can do that for uh, $2,100. And then I want to say, can I call you back to confirm? And sometimes I have, right? <laughs> this goes back a little bit, but it's kind of the moment of truth. Now I got to call my carrier and say, can I find somebody who will do that and allow me to make a profit? And sometimes you can, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Usually you can, or you wouldn't have made the commitment. That's a very stressful time for brokers and for shippers too, because they know, hey, Ryan, I know I said I could get you a truck for 2100 how about twenty five hundred? How's that sound? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, even the even worse is you know some of the things that we saw. Just you know, learning how they would, you know, shippers would dispatch this type of freight or you know last minute freight, especially. They'd go out. They'd, they'd run a little auction. You know, every here, ten carriers. Like, tell me your tell me your price for this load. They'd, they'd get you know. I hate that eight eight nine responses back. Besides the fact the process is really difficult. And it's, you know, it's hard to figure out the emails and, you know, put them in a spreadsheet and all that stuff. Set that aside. But then they, let's say five of them come back with a price and then they say, wow, that's a great price. I'll take it. And then, you know, 20 minutes of, only 20 minutes have passed and, and the, and the carrier comes back and says, well, oh, sorry, I I gave that truck away already. I mean, it's only been 20 minutes. <laughs> let me, let me call the losers back. <laughs> yeah. So now I got to start calling down the rest of them. And hopefully, Someone still has a truck. There's a story that I really liked about this. I, it was a, one of the earlier interviews I did with shippers at, or with a shipper at Convoy. It was a glass bottle manufacturer somewhere in California. He was telling me, I spent all day on the phone. I've called 19 carriers, 19. And he's like, I should have done it in the first place. I, you know, I finally called one of the, the reps at Convoy and, got a truck. It's like, well, you have a truck. It's just down the road. Oh, okay. You know, I should have, should have done that earlier, but 19 trucks, you know, or 19 carriers. I couldn't believe that. Well, you can call a lot of carriers who say, we don't even do business with, you know, guys who call us up like that. We're working with dedicated freight or we work with customers who, you know, we have a deeper relationship with. I used to hate when people would say, when I was selling transportation logistics services, when I would reach out to them and they'd say, oh yeah, Joe, thank you for the call. Yeah, what do you guys do? And I tell them, and then they go, "That's great. I'll send you an Excel spreadsheet with our current lanes, and then you um, plug those in and send it back." And I was like, "I, I don't do work like that. I mean, I'd, we'd have to meet. We'd have to, and and but that was the way they worked. And I kind of know, like at that point, I might win some loads today, and then tomorrow I might not win them. I might never win anything. The way they work isn't right. <laughs> that's how yeah. I felt about it." <laughs> Yeah, well, that's kind of how we feel a lot in a lot of ways. There's, 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 you know, it's sort of the um, there's got to be a better way, right? Well, that's why you guys are in business. So, right. so you talked about having access to this digital freight network, and again, my dollars are as good as Amazon's and General Motors, right? I, I don't have to worry about anyone giving me a truck away because it's going through a system that doesn't care about my size. And then you're streamlining this process, yep. and I get an instant price that's guaranteed. Yep, oh, I like that. And what else do I get? And so, so there's a couple other things, and I kind of put these in the category of the kind of tools that we offer. You can take that instant quote and you can book it, you know, on demand. So you don't have to wait to confirm. You can take it and just get it in the marketplace and get it covered. Then, of course, there's real time tracking and, and visibility. And I don't mean, 
I don't mean like the old school visibility. Like, let me start calling all the drivers and see where their trucks are at. Or let me call the broker and then the broker call the driver. The <laughs> driver get the truck stop and call the broker back and the broker call the shipper and leave them. You know, that's not visibility. That's phone tag. Right. And everybody says real time visibility now. And I always say that that word stops meaning anything, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it certainly does. I mean, unless if I was to go onto Walmart, Amazon and order a box of batteries or something, you know, I could go and put in a number, a tracking number on a website and I can see time, you know, they're expected to show up, you know, the afternoon on Thursday, maybe the UPS website would tell us that or something. And then Amazon now will tell you, oh, they're, they're five stops away. And it always surprised me that, you know, shippers would send 45,000 pounds worth of goods or assets and have a clue (laughs) where in the world it is. When we talk about visibility there, I think it's really down to the truck. Like I should know exactly where the truck is. Maybe you should just let me know when the truck shows up at my dock and we can do that kind of visibility. Right. I'm not a driver, but many years ago, I flew to Chicago to pick up a truck. It was like not a big truck. It was like six wheels, I think. It was big for me to drive. <laughs> lots of lots of shifting around and stuff. But when you leave Detroit and go to Chicago in February, it's snowing. Of course so. And so it's usually about four and a half hour drive. That was eight hours. And so I remember <laughs> the dispatcher said to me, call me every hour. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> because I was totally late. Like the truck wasn't ready when I got there and he wanted to make sure, you know, I was thinking I, I wasn't even going very, it's this huge snowstorm. So I'm not even going very fast or far. And I was thinking, this is a, the worst job ever. <laughs> but I, I need, there was no pre-mobile phones, guys. I'm sorry, I'm old. <laughs> so I had to go and stop at the truck stop and make the calls. <laughs> So we've come a long way in uh, this in my lifetime. That was real-time visibility I was providing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Real-time. Like, I'm really here at the truck stop calling you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's the timing for this kind of, these kind of solutions is, is sort of, you know, the last few years has just been so ripe. You know, everyone's got a smartphone in their pocket. Drivers sometimes have two, three pieces of technology in their cab. And so this just makes it really, really easy for them to provide that service. Carriers want to deliver for these shippers. And you know, they want to pick up those phone calls, but man, it saves a lot of time and effort when it just kind of calls home and <laughs> they don't have to right. think about it. Right. So I want to talk about the carriers before we end today, but so let's finish up on some of these solutions. So again, I get a guaranteed price quote. I'm working with your carrier network that you vetted. Is that carrier network, I mean, is it anybody just sign up and then how what's the vetting process? We should talk about that because I think one of the really... I mean, we spent a lot of time figuring out how to build a great carrier network. You know, we've got a couple teams thinking about this. And, you know, there's a lot of data out there about carrier safety, compliance, things like that. And and what we've done is we've made that very much an integrated part of our process. And not only like how we get someone signed up onto the network, but then how we decide to dispatch to them and, and how they're able to interact. And we take a lot of this data, we built some machine learning, you know, some some kind of high technology models to, to help us understand it. And it's really resulted in like a really good quality and compliant uh, record for Convoy. And using that data, using that technology enables us to do that sort of thing. When you say vetted, you really mean you use an algorithm to say, here's the guys who are actually going to 
be successful here. Yeah. And it really bears out for us in the data because when in looking at that and looking at how we think about the quality of the carriers, like we've seen, you know, 120th the claims to incident ratio in our network compared to what we see. That's there. important. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you talk to a shipper, they'll tell you like, man, claims, <laughs> claims. Right. That's not a fun process. And then of course, the 16% lower crash rate, like these are really important things for a shipper. I just had somebody on my podcast talking about these nuclear verdicts that are really pushing carriers out of the business. Some of those lawsuits go all the way back to the shipper. Absolutely. Anyone with pockets. Yeah. It's like, well, if I'm already not paying for shipping and it took me a long time to get there, now I got to pay for this too. Yeah, it's a real challenge. So having that high quality network is really important for shippers and makes it real easy for them to think about quality compliance. You know, like we were talking about before, everyone's building their own little network. Well, gosh, I can't imagine the effort it would take someone that's trying to dispatch trucks and then also like, let me verify your insurance certificate. What's your safety record? I mean, you don't have time to do this sort of thing, right? <laughs> this is a job custom made for technologists. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, thinking about those custom made sort of jobs, I think all, you know, you take all this together there's a bunch of data and insights here. You know, there's a bunch of stuff that happens when a shipper is using the technology to do their job that generates a bunch of knowledge that they can then go use and make their job better. Give me an example of some of those insights you can provide. Well, you know, one of the ones that I think is quite telling, and this goes back kind of to the visibility, it's like we can look at how a facility might perform for a shipper. So if a shipper's got, let's say you've got a customer, you know, wherever they're at, and you go there three, four times a week, and it turns out that every time you send a driver there, you're getting detention charges. <laughs> you start wondering, well, what's really happening there? And so, you know, understanding how much the dwell time is happening. Maybe you find out from the carrier that, man, those facility, that facility really just doesn't have their act together. They're never on time. These are things that like you wouldn't get from another, another carrier. Like you're, you're just not going to get that kind of data insights. One of the things that bugs me to no end, and I think it's going away, but it's still there in a lot of places is when there's an extra charge, like a detention charge or an unplanned accessorial. What drives me crazy is when you say, Ryan, what's that truck cost? You say, cost $2,800, Joe. I go, cool. Then it delivers and you send me a bill and it's $3,800. And I go, hey, Ryan, what happened? Oh, unplanned accessorial and detention and this and that. And I always feel like, but here's the crazy thing about it. That's bad enough. You have to explain yourself on that one. But what's really makes me angry is when it comes like a month later. Oh, yeah. And you're like, why am I just hearing about this unplanned accessorial or this detention now? I should have heard about it the day of. We all knew. It was all fresh in our mind that day. And now my accounts payable person is down here going, is this a real? Let me see if I can remember. Because, of course, I don't have any data on it. Yeah, and I'll be checking my emails. That's what you do. You check emails. Yeah, i got to go back in the email and see. One of the things that's cool with the technology here is that, especially around detention, I think is worth mentioning, is that, and it goes back to that trust problem too. You know, you get a detention charge and you say, well, really? What time did you show up? Then you start having to do all the math. Well, drivers got the mobile phone. We do this thing where we, you know, we can know when they're, when they enter into the facility, sort of, we call it a geofence, you know, just, just the, the area around the facility that we can see on a map. And when the driver gets there, we know exactly the time that they showed up. And so the experience gets better for everybody here. One, that the shipper knows exactly what time the driver showed up to the facility. And then on the other hand, the carrier, you know, if they get stuck there, we're going to back them up and say, look, you're, this is going to cost, you know, we're going to collect attention on your behalf. And we're going to do it in a very automated way. 
So that technology really, it's not just all of a sudden we get the insights about how this works. So we've talked a lot about the the benefits here of to, to the shipper. Let's talk for a minute about the drivers because, you know, in this day and age, even before the pandemic, we all know that driving is hard. Being a driver is hard. And we, we need to make that experience better. Working with digital freight brokers, companies like Convoy, how's the experience better? I think the experience is better sort of end to end, you know, all the way from how do I get a load that I need and is worth it? How do I keep my truck full? You know, how do I get paid? You know, how do I deal with these incidentals? Like end to end, you know, having that sort of technology in their hand, you know, at their side, sort of building the whole experience around the, that carrier, you know, what they're doing, their job. They can sit there and, and find it, their next load while they're waiting to get unloaded. Or maybe we've already been able to give them a batch of loads so they know exactly where they're going to go next. So I know you guys, you mentioned you have an app for your drivers. And so I know that's, I'm assuming drivers don't want to download a dozen apps, right? So what's the advantage of having your app on their phone? Well, I think it's access to the the freight and the network there. It's the experience that we give, you know, for the carriers. I mean, everybody talks about quick pay. You know, we do free 24-hour quick pay. This is not a, oh, gotcha, here's your factoring fee. Whoa, so everybody gets paid in 24 yeah, hours? I mean, if you use the app, all we ask is, you, you know, you show up, you deliver the load, you take a picture of the BOL, you upload it, and you're going to get paid 24 hours. It's really that simple. So those are the types of things that really make the carrier experience different. I remember early at Convoy, I was visiting one of our shippers, and he brought it up. And I, we used to, I think some of us used to worry at Convoy that, okay, shippers would get a, they'd find a good carrier through our network, then they'd take them and they'd just make a deal directly with the carrier. And I was like, oh yeah, that could be a bad thing. And, and then of course you go out and you spend time with shippers. This transportation coordinator said, yeah, you know, I kind of tried to do that. Like <laughs> he told me, he said, well, yeah, I kind of tried to do that. And I said, oh, okay, well, you know, it didn't work out. He said, well, no, the, the driver didn't want to do it because my company can't pay him for 60 days. But if he did it through Convoy, I get paid real quick. So it was a really interesting situation where you saw the actually the carrier experience meant that he'd rather take the loads from Convoy than direct with the ship. Right, right. You know, it's interesting you should say that. So I, I, we've all been talking about digital freight brokers or digital freight networks like Convoy for a few years. And I've always called it like Match.com for trucking or Match.com for freight. And I remember a friend said something to me like, yeah, but the problem is after you meet somebody on Match, you're not all your transactions, you know, you, you don't make a date through Match, right? And what you're saying is you want to keep Match in the loop because you get a discount or you get some other benefit. And that's basically what you're saying here is, and I know I've used load boards in the past that had where I, as soon as I had the carrier relationship, I didn't need that. I wanted that lane. They helped me find that lane. And now I have the relationship separate from the load board. Yeah. I mean, if you step back and think about it, this just, it gives the carriers kind of the opportunity to just continually be able to like, you know, find those loads, you know, run them, get into detail, like understand, like, where am I going to deliver? How's this facility? You know, is this a good facility? Should I take this load? Is this going to be a, you know, am I going to get stuck there for five hours? Maybe I want to get stuck there for five hours. I don't know. Also, who do you want to have that relationship with? So like, I use Amazon. We talked about Amazon. I buy stuff from Amazon. I never think to myself, oh, I'm going to go around Amazon and buy this from their website. I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already set up with Amazon. I know I know what I'm getting with them. That two-day delivery is is an, an awfully good incentive as well as, you know, just I can return it if I need to. Or the experience yeah. is easier. And the return process, I trust them. Yeah. And, you know, I think that we've created 
for carriers in our network. Well, this is excellent. So, Ryan, we've gone all over the place here today, so please summarize this topic for me. Yeah, you know, shippers have, there's a lot of challenges out there all the way from, you know, process, trust, volatile volume, lack of insights, lots and lots of logistics challenges. They're feeling the love. Yeah. And we've tried to build some solutions around the experience of the shipper that, and the, the experience of the carrier that really get at solving some of these problems. So, you know, our tool set, is online at 24 hours a day. You can get an instant quote. I'll guarantee it. Book that truck. See your truck all the way down to the meters, you know, from where it's at in the world. Get those insights and really get the kind of quality carrier network that a large enterprise shipper might might have access to. Well, again, the world is changing quickly. So, Ryan, before you go, tell us what we need to know about Convoy. How does people reach out to you and what's going on over at Convoy? Yeah, I think, you know, anybody can can come find us online, convoy.com. We've got a bunch of stuff going on right now, technology-wise, a lot of exciting things happening. One I want to mention for your listeners is we're offering up to $3,000 off your first 10 shipments. So any shipper can come and go to convoy.com slash book a truck or click on the, the get a truck link there on the homepage and, you know, get this 10% discount off the first 10 shipments. Nice. So if I go out, you know, let's just say my load is uh, $1,500 and then it just says instant rebate, 150 bucks. Yeah, there you go. You got it. Nice. I can blow that money on food and shelter. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so convoy.com, that's a site. I'll also put a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can reach out to you. And what other ways do you want people to reach out to you guys? Yeah, I think, you know, visit us online, get us on LinkedIn. We're out there and available. I think, you know, we're on Twitter. We're on all the social networks. You can find Convoy out there. Yeah, I guess when you think about a Seattle freight company, you guys are probably pretty good at social media. (laughs) I think we do okay, yeah. (laughs) You guys, that wouldn't be a place you would skimp. Ryan, this has been really great. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, thank you for having me, Joe. I really enjoyed the conversation. All right. And I appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. Your continued support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 